Let's talk about Dogecoin, Elon Musk, and the Saturday Night Live show. Let's also discuss Alan Carr's 190 Ofcom complaints. What about the African mother who gave birth to nine babies, breaking the world record? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Great acts are made up of small deeds. Lao Tzu. So, today is the 55th episode, 55 of the podcast. Excellent. Great stuff. We've got to look forward to this month. We've got one more bank holiday coming up, and I, for one, cannot wait. I'm going to do something that I haven't done, go somewhere where I haven't been at the end of the month. Maybe I'll speak about that closer to the time. I may even do a podcast from there, to be fair. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that when it comes. So, this week, the Zulu King has now, um, well, basically it's changed hands. Um, the Zulu Queen um, passed away um, last week. Um, Queen Manfobaya Dalami. I always have trouble pronouncing these names. It's really bad. But... Um, but yes, um, she passed away. Um, so her son, Prince Misulu, who's 46, was named, um, was named king. Um, there were some discrepancies. Certain family members weren't, weren't happy about it. But I suppose the, you know, these kind of things happen when you have so many wives. So his father, um, King Zwilithini, I believe. Um, so his father um, died of diabetes-related um, issues a while back um, at the age of 72, but he had six wives and at least 26 children. So there was always going to be some some kind of uh, controversy around that. But he picked, he picked the queen um, to hand everything down to, and her son's now going to be king moving forward. So, so yeah, piece of history there. Um, I think, from what I understand, the, the Zulu kings um, it's largely ceremonial um, rather than rather than like having uh, formal political power in the country. Um, but it's history, you know. That's that's true African history. So, so yeah. Um, but they do still look up. They still um, they they still kind of govern and lead eleven million Zulus. So, is it still a significant role? And like I said, it's historic. So yeah, so that is the Zulu king. Um, so um, in regards to what's happening over this side of the world, we've 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 had like a pitch invasion. Just it, it, that pitch invasion really reminded me of pretty much of the um, the Trump situation with um, on Capitol Hill. You know, people are upset, and then they feel like they can um, just kind of take over whatever situation it is, and it happened to be um, Old Trafford. So, so yeah, um, and since then, uh, I think one of the policemen got slashed in his face at the time, um, had to have hospital treatment and whatnot, so they've arrested a, a 28-year-old man. Um, but it seems, you know, people are just not happy with the Glazier family who own the club and, you know, them trying to break off and do that Super League situation without the fans backing them. 
um, from what I've seen, uh, the Glazer family don't really, you know, these are multi-billionaires or at least billionaires and it seems like they live in a different world and they, they have different understanding of things and I, I don't know how much they really care what the fans think really from what from what I've seen of them, but yeah. But like I said, the, the, the whole pitch invasion situation really did remind me of that Capitol Hill thing um, that happened in America in January. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if there's going to be any more things like that. We'll have to see. But on the racing tracks, Sir Lewis Hamilton hit another milestone, his 100th career pole position, um, which was, you know, which was a big, big deal for him. And, and rightfully so, you know, he, he's just knocking down, you know, old, old records, you know, as years and days go by. But I really, I've noticed online and when they speak about him, they don't speak about him as Sir Lewis Hamilton. I'm wondering if that's something he requested or they just decide they're not printing it or speaking about it like that. But let's not forget, he, he has been knighted now and it was a long time overdue. So he is Sir Lewis Hamilton, you know. So I, I thought I'd just make that point. Um, what else has gone on this week? Uh, so, well, a lot's gone on with the, the whole politics side of things. But before, before we get to that, um, Dr. Umar Johnson and um, Kevin Samuels, I'm sure you guys know who these two people are. And if you don't, um, you can check out both of them on, on YouTube. But they've basically gone at it. So they're, they're basically in disagreement um, of how... Well, basically, Dr. Umar's um, not happy with how um, Kevin Samuel's speaking about black women. So, yeah, interest, interesting debate. Um, I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more, I'm sure. To be fair, it would be really good because both of them, two men, obviously they speak... Uh, about black women in a different way. They they have different perspectives on life, really. Um, but it'd be really interesting to hear... But they're both really articulate and intelligent. You can hear the intelligence in both of them. But it'd be really good to hear a debate with them both and hearing their perspectives and stuff. I, I have a feeling possibly, possibly, they would agree on more than people would imagine. They definitely disagree on some stuff, but... They may agree on more than people ima will imagine. But, um, but yeah, I look forward to that. Hopefully that will happen. So, but news has really been full of, you know, the mayoral stuff, the, the, the voting and whatnot. And the news is Sadiq Khan gets another term as the mayor of London. So that is where we are. So Sean Bailey didn't make it, the Conservative um, campaigner. So, yeah, um, so we'll see if it's going to be any different to what we've had previously. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But he's, he's back in position. He's back in position. But you know what they say, better the devil you know. So hopefully, um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully he, can, he can build on what he's done. Because I suppose with the, the terms that these people um, serve, there's only so much they can do in one term. So it's always good when people get a full length of time you know, then they, you know, they, there's no excuse that I didn't have enough time. That's that's not going to be the excuse. So yeah, we'll we'll see what he does going forward. So the um, we're getting closer to that date, the seventeenth. We're only about less than ten days away now um, for the pubs and indoor entertainment to open up. So really looking forward to that, like most people are. I know people were also looking forward to travelling. And we can travel, 
you know, we can we can start travelling from the 17th. But um, uh, the green list is quite quite sparse, to be fair. I mean, only 12 destinations, uh, 12 destinations. And these are the destinations that basically once you go there, you won't have to quarantine. So there's Portugal, Israel, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, Brunei, Iceland, Gibraltar, um, Falkland Islands, Faroe Islands, um, South Georgia, South Sandwich Islands, St. Helena, um, and yeah, some other, uh, yeah, I think that, that was it. There was, might have been another one as well. Uh, Tristan de Tuna. I don't even know where that is. And Ascension Islands, the Ascension Islands. But nevertheless, most of these places are not the type of places that I would be looking to go to. So, um, yeah, none, none, none of them are in the Caribbean or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, that's, um, that's it. Limited choices, basically. Limited choices. But the amber um, list, uh, also, which isn't as bad as, obviously, the red list, there are, there are um, all the Caribbean islands, actually, and some of the African um, countries on the amber list. So it's not too bad. It just means that, you, you know, you have to do a little bit more um, than you would if you were on the green list. So, so yeah, and, and these things are changeable as well, depending on what happens in those countries. But we'll have to see. I mean, me personally, this year, as far as leaving the country, um, that, is, that is a bit up in the air for me. We, we, we'll have to see how things go. But, um, but yeah, this is where we are. But we're getting closer. We're getting closer to things being sorted out. It just takes time. And this COVID passport situation, which we've spoken about many times before, um, you know, it's, it's, I suppose it's here in, in some shape or form already. You know, it's, it's going to be part of our existence. Um, I mean, at the, at the top of the year or the middle of last year, it was, it was kind of a conspiracy theory thing. But, you know, it it's really is reality, to be fair. And um, so now you've got the NHS app, which literally would be like the passport anyway because you you could use that to prove that you've been vaccinated if countries require you to to prove it so so yeah and what they've said is um it's the travelers because obviously different countries doing different things but they the onus is on the traveler to make sure they find out where they're going to and what the rules are once they get there because the last well is nobody's not taking the responsibility if you turn up there and they turn you away so I suggest everybody do their due diligence um, in a timely fashion, you know, well before you book and then maybe on the day you book because things are interchangeable like that. So, and the government won't be taking any um, responsibility or, and I'm sure the travel agents won't either. So yeah, that is the situation with the travel. So um, there's, and there's also been talk about um, a third COVID vaccine um, being offered to people that are over 50 in the autumn. And basically, the, this is an, an attempt to totally eradicate the threat of COVID-19 entirely by Christmas. That would be amazing. I don't know how with the, with the uh, vaccines that we have, but if that's, if that's what they think can happen, that'd be really good. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. I would really like to see that. Um, but, yeah, they're doing the trials at the moment, um, uh, supervised by Chris Whitty, 
Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I mean, that's going to be all over the news as, as time. And the year's going so quick. You know, we'll be we'll be planning for Christmas in a couple of <laughs> in a, in about a month. It feels like, but yeah, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But the Indian um, coronavirus variant is here now. You know, um, that I don't think that's any surprise to anybody considering how long it took us to close the borders to India, bearing in mind what's happening in India. Um, but they have elevated the, that variant to a, a variant of concern in the UK. Um, it, it seems to be spreading more quickly um, than the other two variants identified. So, so yeah, it's, I mean, I, I don't think, I think they said that it's not, it's not um, uh, it's not more deadly but it might be it's easier easier to transmit that's the issue with it so so yeah we hopefully we can get on top of it they're doing this the surge the surge um, situation where they're going door to door with for people to um, be tested at home and stuff so hopefully that works and gets gets on top of it that's 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 all we can hope I suppose um, but the good news is a professor, Professor Jenny Dowd um, from the website Dear, Dear Pandemic, um, she's basically spoken about, you know, the cleaning of surfaces and things like that. And basically said that, you know, these things are not going to stop uh, COVID spreading. You know, I mean, it's a good thing to do, obviously, cleaning surfaces, but that's not really how it's really transmitted. I think the emphasis is it's really transmitted through the air so um but the chances of you catching it and passing it on through touching surfaces seems to be slim to none so um that's really what it was hygiene that's really what she was high lighting um and she called it hygiene theater that was her term she used for it but yeah so that is that is i suppose that's that's good news but um but we do need to keep cleaning our surfaces and cleaning everything you know so we don't want to stop that um, a lot's gone on this week, to be fair, in regards to um, violence and crime and, and things like that, um, sadly. Um, but a, a case that we spoke about before um, this in Sydenham with um, Levi Ernest Morrison, the 17-year-old boy who lost his life, knife attack, um, and a mother, it turns out that it was a mother um, and her son and three other um, teenagers that, that planned to go um, to, to, to kill this young boy. Um, yeah, the mother, Nicola, Nicola Layton, 39, and her son, Tyrese Ulysses, 19. And then, as I said, three other, three other teenagers, age 14, 15, and 17. Um, I mean, my thing is, I've seen a few pictures um, going around on social media of the mother, but I haven't seen it online in, in, in the media or in the press or anything like that. And... I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering why, I suppose. Um, cause this, and I'm wondering why this case ain't being spoken about more, because it's, it's not every day a mother takes her child to kill somebody or to cut somebody or to stab somebody. You know, that, that's, that's, that does, that's not an everyday occurrence. Um, and especially in the times that we're living in with, with knife crime and youth violence is on the rise. Um, I, I'm just surprised her picture is not out. Um, I'm surprised that it's not being spoken about more. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, but, you know, I just feel really sad for the, for the family. And, as, yeah, really feel sad for this family and their friends because um, I didn't realise how, 
how close that case was to me, you know, to to a friend of mine, and that being his nephew. So yeah, um, hopefully they get on top of that case and and get everything done accordingly as soon as possible. Um, and as I said, a lot's gone on this week. Um, we lost another young man in Brent Cross, um, fatal stabbing Gideon. His name was um, on the 4th of May. Um, somebody had been arrested for it already. Another young man, 18 years old. But again, my thoughts and prayers go out to these young people. You know, life cut short. So, so young, so young. And also out in, um, in Havering, uh, another fatal stabbing um, on Church Road. On, that was on the 7th of May. Um, officers found a boy believed to be in his mid, mid-teens. Um, they're in the process of tracing his next of kin, so they're not 100% sure who he is or exactly how old he is. Um, but, yeah, stabbed to death in, in Havering. So this is, you know, it's happening everywhere. Out in, you know, I'm up, I mean, can you, can you imagine the, the family that don't, don't know, you know, might just feel like their son's gone missing or, or whatnot? It's, it's heart-wrenching. Absolutely heart-wrenching. Um, and in the Midlands, um, Delano Samuel, 17-year-old boy, um, found with stab, root, stab wounds in a car, crashed in um, Heath Street in Birmingham, Smevic. That was on the 1st of May. So, yeah, up and down the country this is happening, not just in London. Um, an 18-year-old man has been, been arrested for the murder. Um, again, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family, family and friends of that young man. In Bolton, um, Reese Tansy, 15 years old, found with stab wounds um, on Walker Avenue in Bolton. That was on the 4th of May. Two boys have been, um, have been arrested for that, 14-year-old and a 15-year-old charged with murder. Again, sad and, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family of that young boy. So as you can see, as you can hear, this isn't this isn't just in London. This isn't just a black thing. It's not just an Indian thing. It's not just a white thing. It's a youth thing. It's a youth problem. Youth violence is a is a massive problem across the UK. And, and so I've made a point of of highlighting, you know, not just what's happening in London, what's happening up and down the country. You know? Um so yeah. But my thoughts and prayers go out to all of those families. We, we've, got, we've got to do better. We've got to look out for our, our young people. We've got to look out for our young people. You know, um, do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to change things. I'm really, really, really glad to hear that St. John's Ambulance have put together a programme where they're going to, um, they're go- basically doing training for young people um, teaching them how to support somebody who's who's been a victim of a, of knife crime, basically, um, and I, I just think that is such a good idea. Really, I mean, it's, it, well, a simple idea in the sense that you know you we you can go and learn first aid and and learn how to save people's life, um, but to bring it to 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 young people specifically and specifically t- teach them how to deal with knife crime because the truth is the chances are there's going to be a young person um around this the young person who 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 gets attacked you know um 
that happens a lot. You know, a lot of young people see their friends getting attacked and stuff like that. So to teach them, I mean, and also as well, if I'm, I'm even thinking they could take this even further and make it compulsory. Because if it is compulsory, maybe it would give young people that empathy as to this is what actually happens when somebody, you know, when I potentially stab somebody or if I'm stabbed or whatever. And it may, it may actually deter people from even getting involved in knife crime. I, I don't know. But if, you, if we can teach young people at school as a basic, just a basic part of first aid, and maybe just first aid in general, Maybe just first aid in general, but definitely this, the, 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 the ability to support somebody who's been stabbed and know what to do. Because that could, that could actually save a stabbed victim's life. You know, so, so yeah, I think that's a really good scheme. A really good scheme. Um, life-saving life -saving, uh, first aid skills is, is the course. Um, and they're going to be doing it in London, Leeds and Manchester, first of all. So... Those are the couple of areas. But yeah, I think that's a really good thing. And hopefully that can save some of these young people's lives. But we, we've still got to do more. You know, we, we can't do too much. You know, there's, we, we've got to do more. So I found out a little bit of history this week as well, which I did not know about. Never heard about it at school. Never heard anybody talking about it. I happened to come across it this week. So I did not know that there was a race riot in 1919 in Wales. Um, and it was obviously a race where it was quite significant. Um, and it was around the dock areas um, of Cardiff, Barry, and Swansea. Um, and apparently there was, they were, these race riots were happening in, in various places, like Gla all at the same time as well, Glasgow, um, Liverpool, Salford, um, different parts of England, different cities across America. So it was all kind of happening at the same time. So, yeah, really interesting piece of history that, I had no clue about it. I think there'd be a lot of people that don't have no clue about it. Um, and I found a website which you can actually go to and it's got loads of little short films, some plays reenacting um, some, some of the stories and stuff. And it's um, www.peoplescollection.wales forward slash collections. So that's peoplescollection.wales forward slash collections so yeah um I'm, i mean i haven't looked at all of it but i'm definitely going to be reading up on that because it's english history it's our it's history it's british history it's, it's stuff that's gone on and i'm just really surprised i've never heard about it um but yeah so i'll be checking it out so um big news over twitter um in the papers um, not so much on the news, but I, I definitely saw it in the papers, but um, Alan Carr's um, epic game show. So basically some people were absolutely outraged um, that the show had the audacity to have six black people on the game show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they. <laughs> I shouldn't even laugh, man, but... These people, these people that have the time, have the, have the notion, have the feeling that this is an issue, it's, it's becoming comical now. It's, it's just ridiculous. Um, but they were, they were so incensed, like I said, they was on Twitter, etc. But they were so incensed, they contacted Ofcom 
and they complained. Ofcom say that they, they got 190 complaints about there being too many black people on this show. Absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. I, I don't even know what else to say. It's not, there's not even much to say. Um, but these people are... Um, I suppose... Feel sorry for them. Do I feel sorry for them? I, 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 I don't even know what I feel. It's, it's just ridiculous, though. Absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, this, this is what's happening in 2021. So, yeah. Um, but, obviously, the big news last week, and it's still going on this week, is um, the whole Noel Clark situation. Um, the BBC have now spoken about how they're shocked um, about the allegations and spoke about allegations of of women on the Doctor Who set, several allegations apparently um, about harassment and, and things like that. So, so yeah, that that, that story still goes on. Um, I hope they quickly get to the bottom of it, you know, and prove what they need to prove and disprove what they need to disprove. But I hope they get to the bottom of it and, and justice is served because, um, yeah, you know, being guilty of anything like that needs to be addressed immediately, immediately. Um, but also what come out is that uh, there's another Doctor Who um, actor, John Barrowman, um, and he was in The Guardian um, uh, it, because... He in the past, in I think it was twenty two thousand eight, I think it was. He used to expose himself on set, um, show his genitals and things like this. Um, and I think at the time they they put it down to he was just larking about, just joking. There wasn't any sexually um, predatory behaviour. So, so yeah, I, I just I, I thought I'd mention that because. I mean, showing your genitals to people is that's flashing. I don't. I mean, this. I mean, they talk about it like it's light-hearted, fun banter. Uh, I think he actually apologized and said it. You know, he recognizes that it went a bit too far. But for me, I didn't even hear about it in twenty two thousand eight. But um, that's not normal behavior, even. I'm surprised that he wasn't dragged over the coals for it too. To be fair. Because that's definitely not not on, but yeah. So I thought I'd highlight that. Because I mean, the irony is that it's you know they was on the same show. So um, so yeah, it's, I think it's just interesting. But who knows? Maybe things will change now. Maybe 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 he'll have to answer to that situation as well. Um, but in regards to Noel Clark, he the police have rep- um, received a report on the twenty first of April. Um, they've said that they're assessing the information, um, but there there was no current um, investigation going on. So we'll see. We'll see how that all turns out. So um, on another note, um, a young um, ex-footballer, um, Dillian Atkinson, um, his murder trial was happening. And again, this is another another situation that I didn't hear about when it happened. And this was like um, 2016. But this ex-footballer, policeman, um, tasered him six times, um, had the taser on him for longer than the standard time, six times longer, actually. Um, and after that, um, this policeman's kicked him in his head so hard 
his laces print was left on the man's forehead. Um, and the long and short of it, you know, this ex-footballer ended up dying, you know. So, so this murder trial is going on now. I just don't understand why these things take so long because that's like a full, like five years, five years ago. I don't understand how and why these things have to take so long. But the officer who kicked him in the head and tasered him um, was PC Benjamin Monk. And also um, his co-accused PC with him was PC Mary Ellen Betley-Smith, who's charged with assault. So um, PC Benjamin Monk's charged with murder and the woman's charged with assault. And the trial continues. Um, You know, again, it it just seems like a no-brainer. Like, if that's what you did, you know, you shouldn't be kicking nobody in the head. And the fact that they died afterwards... um, you know, it is what it is. It's, it, we, we just have to watch that and see how that goes. But like I said, these these stories I haven't heard about until recent times. I didn't hear about it when it happened. Um, granted, it was, um, this isn't the Met Police, this is like West Mercia Police, but still, um, these are these are stories that should be told. We should we should know about these things when they're happening. Shouldn't shouldn't be hidden anywhere. So, yeah, hopefully um, that family gets justice and my, my thoughts and prayers go out to that family as well because, um, obviously, they've lost their son. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they get justice. And also, I mean, with, in regards to the Met Police, um, there are two Met officers who took selfies um, with the two murder victims in northwest London. Um, they have been charged with misconduct and... I mean, I, I'm not. Sh- I mean, being charged with misconduct in, in in these police situations, I think is. I think the worst thing that can happen to them off of the back of this, and I might be wrong, but the worst thing is they get the sack, and and that's it. But these these trusted policemen have taken pictures, like selfies, with two murdered females, and and shared it around on the internet and social media and whatnot, which is repugnant, you know, and and ridiculous. Like who who does that? You know, but they did it. So PC um, Constable Denise Jaffa, 47 years old, and Constable Jamie Lewis, 32-year-old, are the two men, the two policemen that took these pictures. Um, of the, It was basically the bodies of the sisters that were killed in uh, Wembley Park last June. Um, B-Bar Henry and Nicole Smallman, two sisters, stabbed to death. Sad and tragic, and, you know... these policemen taking pictures, doing selfies and that going around um, just added to the pain of the family, the pain of the, you know, everybody involved, anybody that knew them, you know, it just added to that. So, and yeah, just bizarre what people would do. Very bizarre, very bizarre. So I hope, I hope they get the maximum of whatever they can get. um, And I hope that comes to a close soon so the family can move on. But my thoughts and prayers go out to them as well. So over the other side of the pond, um, Michelle Obama done an interview um, on CBS Morning. She she was speaking about her anxieties as, well, just anxieties as black parents, that black parents have um, when their children leave home and the fears of her daughters specifically because um, they've just started driving. They've just got their driving license. And she was talking about how, you know, she she fears that they may get racially profiled and, you know, 
untoward thing might happen to them, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely relate to that because I think like any parent, um, you do think, you, I mean, you know, you know the struggles and the hurdles that your children have to deal with once they leave home. So yeah, we, we all think about that stuff. But yeah, she, it's definitely worth having a look at that interview. It's here as perspective because you know obviously racism and profiling stuff don't know money you don't know you know your station in life it's just just one of those things that just yeah doesn't see all that it just sees the color you know and the profile there is something to profile and to you know yeah not good not good not good that we have to live with that kind of stuff you know but yes we do and we get through it um so the the Morris um dancers, the Mayday Morris dancers, who I remember, you know, hearing about them growing up, like every year you'd see them black faced and doing their dance, you know, up and down England and yeah, odd. It was always odd. I mean the dance was a bit off key, to be fair. Um but the but yeah, the whole face painting thing was always an issue. Um but thankfully they've seen sense and they've now stopped using black paint they now use blue paint um over the concerns of, of racism and the offense it caused um and they basically put out a statement obviously there's different groups that do it in different parts of the country but they're all connected by a i don't know like a society or group or whatever but they put out a statement to all of the groups um calling for all dance groups to eliminate the use of black uh, makeup and go and use blue which is cool you know, that, that kind of deals with that. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, and I think it, they have put it down to, it's, it's a response to the whole Black Lives Matter stuff that happened last year. So, so yeah, it's definitely um, helped uh, change, change some, you know, hundreds of years of, of doing things in a certain way. So that's, that's really, really good that they're not doing that anymore. But that, the dance is still off key, though. If you, if you haven't seen Morris dancing, um, yeah, the dance is still off-key. Maybe they might just want to change that just because we've got new dances that you can do. But, yeah. So, um, a world record was 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 made this week. Um, non-tuplets. That, that is a new word to my vocabulary. Non-tuplets. Is it non-tuplets? Non-uplets. Non-uplets. And that is... Have it giving birth to nine babies at the same time. So a woman um, from uh, Mali gave birth to nine babies, 25-year-old. Um, Milan, uh, sorry, not Milan, she's, she's from Mala, Mali, as I said. Her name is um, Hilema um, Sise, and she gave birth to the babies. Um, she had to have the babies in Morocco. Um, because they had the, that's where they had all the, the specialist equipment. She actually had the babies in March. It was late, late March. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of come to light now. Um, her husband, unfortunately, weren't able to be there. He stayed at home with their other daughter. So um, that's, a, that's a family of 10 now. Two pregnancies, 10 babies. Wow. That is going to be challenging. Having children is life-changing already. But two pregnancies... And 10 babies. Wow, that is a lot. So, um, 
so yeah, but the there was a, the record previous to that was for eight babies, um, and that was set by Nadia Suleiman in in California in twenty two thousand nine. That was, but there was a little bit of public debate um, that she may have used fertility treatment and stuff like that. So there was a bit of controversy around that. But yeah, this this one looks wholly natural. Um, the Guinness World Record people they're um, they're in the process of verifying the birth and stuff like that. But um, mum and babies, all nine of them, um, seem to be okay at this point. So yeah, world world breaking, man. Women, women. That's what I said. We, this is this is a woman's world in many senses. The world word, and you know when you talk about strength of character, strength of just strength, real strength that makes any real difference. You can't beat women, man. Nine babies. There's nothing. There's nothing a man can do to top having one baby. <laughs> to be honest, there's nothing a man can do, like physically with their body, that can top being able to give birth, carry a baby, and give birth to a baby. Let alone nine at the same time. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing when you think about it. And I think they actually thought that she was going to have... They thought she was going to have seven because they couldn't see the other two. And then <laughs> and then the other two came out as well. That's, oh, that's crazy. But yeah, man, the human body, the human body is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we have to look after it. And one of the things we could do to look after it is listen to jazz, apparently, because jazz helps you and encourages you somehow to eat healthier food. Who knew? Didn't know that. But I, I can, I can kind of understand it. I, I, do, I listen to a bit of jazz and it does. I mean, music in general puts you in different moods, different vibrations. But, um, but yeah, when I, when I listen to jazz, um, not that I thought, do I eat with jazz? Yeah, I've probably eaten. But yeah. I'll have to kind of monitor and see if I happen to be eating healthy stuff when I'm listening to jazz. But yeah, so there's been a study basically um, to show that the the gentle melodic um, sound of jazz, um, you know, that Miles Davis type music and Dave Burbeck, um, that sort of music, yeah, it draws you to like having like fresh fruit over donuts and like leafy greens over pizza and stuff like that. But music like um, rock, heavy rock, um, lead you to um, eating fattier foods, apparently, like salty stuff and sugary options and things like that. So I'd, I'd like to see the rest of this report, to be fair. I'd like to hear about the different genres. I wonder, I'm wondering, like, what hip-hop and, and reggae make you want to eat. Um, I know what reggae make you want to smoke, but um, <laughs> I don't know, I'm not sure about what you... Or you yeah, it might probably make you want to eat idol food and, and things like that. But I doubt if they put that in that report. But you never know. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, but healthy eating. So yeah, if, you, if you're, maybe if you're on a, maybe, you know, everybody's, we're coming out of this COVID situation, gyms are open. Maybe that can be part of the regime. Like, you know, when you're cooking, before you go and cook, just put on jazz, jazz FM, and just see what kind of meal you end up going for, you know? So yeah, music, music is powerful. Music is powerful. So, um, over in St. Vincent, some good news. Um, the volcanic level has is, is gone from red to orange. 
So there's been a significant um, decrease in the volcanic, um, tectonic earthquake, etc. Um, no explosions have occurred from the volcano since the 22nd of April. So that's really good. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, they still don't need support and help because if you look online and you see how the place is devastated, they're going to need a lot of help for a long time. But at least there hasn't been no explosion since since April, the end of April. Um, and the government has actually said now that um, that people that were living in the orange zone can now return home um, and carry out normal duties, normal activities rather. So that's good news. At least, you know, hopefully it doesn't um, re erupt again um they have there are i mean the truth is even though it's on orange alert it can that does mean that it can um it can it's uh, start explode resume explosions within 24 hours so they're not fully out of the out of the woods yet but at least it's, it's better things are better so yeah but still make sure we're still giving and supporting those charities supporting those people out there because again we don't really hear too much about St. Vincent and the volcano, but it's a whole island who's in distress for a long time. So, um, yeah, I did, I, we spoke about there being like a, a full moon and the super moon last, uh, well, at the beginning of the month. Um, and we've got another one coming up, as I said last time, the super moon on the 26th of May. Um, and that one's called the, the flower moon. And then we, after that, in June, you've got the strawberry moon. In July, we've got the buck moon. August, we've got the sturgeon moon. September, we've got the... September is the full corn moon. October is the hunter's moon. November is the beaver moon. And December is the cold moon. So, they've all got names. Um, they happen at different times. I will. I'll, I'll mention them um, as because I'm gonna. I'm gonna start uh, planting my fruit and veggie in accordance to these full moons um, and see what my harvest change like. So I'm gonna really stay in tune with the moon um, and see how things, see how it affects things. I mean, the full moon is. I mean, it, it does impact the earth in in more ways than one. It affects the sea. You know, it affects the tide. The tide, if you, I mean, most people know this, but it affects the tide. That's why the tide goes in and out. It's all, it's all to do with the moon um, and what cycle the moon's in. So, yeah, if you didn't know, something to check out. Also, um, something to be aware of is the, the equinox and the solstice, equinox and solstice. So, like, on the 21st of June, next month, we've got the summer solstice, which is the longest day. That's basically the day with the most daylight which is always a good day to have a barbecue and do outdoor activities. That's 21st of June. And then you've got September the 22nd, which is the equinox. Um, and that day is the, that is the day of equal length. So you have an equal amount of daylight as night. So that's, that's what the day that is. And then the 21st is the winter, 21st of December is winter solstice, which is the shortest day with the, mo with the least daylight. So, these things happen every year, you know. If you, if you don't know about, you know, uh, about the, the the planets and and the sun and stuff, you you know, these things might just go over your head. But but those are the dates, and th these are things that happen on our planet. You know, it's good to know what happens on our planet. We're not going to Mars anytime soon, so we may as well know how things work here. 
So um, Twitter's changing up their, uh, their, their platform. They're adding a, a new tab, Twitter Tips, um, Tip Jar, they're calling it. So basically, um, people will be able to support people's tweets. So if you like someone's tweet, you'll have a button on there and you can donate money to them. And they, you know, people who add value on that platform and you like it. And it goes straight to their PayPal account. Um, so they, they're kind of they're doing it at the moment with a selected group um, made up of like creators, journalists, um, experts, non-profit organizations and kind of seeing how it works. But just the fact that they've set it up and they're testing the waters, they're going to be doing it. And I, I'm pretty sure you're going to get that across all of the platforms um, where people, you know, will be able to pay. Um, I wonder how I'm thinking how that will impact the whole podcast scene i'm sure i'm sure that's going to have some implications as well but um but you know obviously some people i I mean i notice it more in america when i speak to um people that i know in like in america and canada places like that um you know paying people and, and not even paying them like um donating and supporting people financially um sometimes anonymously people they they tend to do that um i don't know how how much England is into that I'm not, I'm not sure I'm not sure it's a, it's a whole different concept to me but yeah but Twitter's doing it so that's going global so we'll, we'll be all doing it soon so maybe you'll start giving some people some tips on Twitter they give you a tip some information you give them a tip financial who knows um, but talking about financial today is a significant day um, so it's I mean significant maybe I'm hamming it up a bit too much but it's, a, it's an interesting day. It's a learning day for me. So cryptocurrency is something that some of us, I think all of us have heard it on some level, um, but not a lot of us know what it's about. And I've, I've heard about it for a few years now, but never had a real clue and no skin in the game, um, you know, initially. Um, but now, you know, over the past past month or so, I've, I've got involved and in understanding it a bit. So, so yeah, so this, there's, there's some things happening um, today, this evening, but probably by the time you listen to this, I'll be more educated for sure, because there's something going on basically in, in the next couple of hours. But let me just say, this whole cryptocurrency, Dogecoin situation, um, cryptocurrency is highly volatile. It's a highly volatile thing. Um, and fortunes are made and fortunes are lost, you know. Um, I, I would always say, you know, do your, re- do your own research, read up on the tax laws um, and get financial advice from financial professionals before you invest or before you speculate. Uh, this would be my advice. That's the best advice I could give you. But it is interesting. It is something to, to kind of you know, find out what people are doing and what it's all about. But basically, um, Elon Musk, uh, the man who, um, the owner of Tesla and uh, of the, the space missions and etc., he is the self-professed dog father. So he's kind of, basically what's happening is every time he speaks about this Dogecoin, the price seems to go up. Um, and he's now doing a... Show, he's, he's going to be hosting SNL Live um, tonight, basically. Um, by the time you hear this, it would have already happened. 
Um, so I'm just really going to, I just want to see if this is true. Because, I, I mean, I've heard the news and I'm, I'm learning about the cryptocurrency. So I'm really watching a lot of things and seeing. So it will it'll be very telling to see how it all goes, how it all pans out. So at 4.30 a.m. Um, today, I, I will learn something more. Maybe I'll speak about it next week. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, very, very interesting stuff. And um, and yeah, he's he's. Let's see if he really is the the Doge father, as they say. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a whole learning process. It's a whole learning process. Although it has got some similarities to um, stocks and shares, investing in stocks and shares, which I am familiar with. Um, so talking about space, though, um, Ch- a Chinese rockets uh, will. Well, a Chinese rocket's gone up previously in in the last couple of weeks, I think. Last week it went up. And the debris from it is due to drop back to Earth early this Sunday. (laughs) So, um, yeah, make sure you keep your eyes peeled on on the sky. No, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that really. Chances are it's going to land in the sea. Hopefully it lands in the sea. Um, And most of it will get burnt up on its way in as well. But yeah, the, the debris is due to to land on Earth um, any time between I think they said between one a.m. and three a.m. GMTV, GM, GMTV, GMT General Mean Time British Time on Sunday. So, so yeah, like I said, hopefully it lands in the in the ocean. Um, and apparently this happened last time, and I think the Chinese are not putting in thing, things in place to. Um, deal with this debris coming off of their their, their 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 craft their rockets and whatnot so yeah there's a bit of concern about that but yeah so you may see something um coming out of the sky hopefully it doesn't land on nobody so yeah so an eventful week lots gone on lots gone on lots more going next week too but um i'm just glad that we've you know this we're coming up to another bank holiday weekend towards the end of the month we've just had one this is this is really a, one of those months that i like because you get the two bank holidays um and the weather is slowly getting better so i say slowly because it was raining today and it was a little bit cold um but we i'm just waiting i said it last time i'm just waiting for the last frost it's still getting super cold first thing in the morning fingers crossed by the next podcast We'd be done with the frost and I can start planting um, and try and plant on the full moon as well to make the, bo- make the most of the moonlight. So, yeah, get outside, get on your bike, do some running, get the blood moving, stay fit, take full advantage of coming out of lockdown. Um, and, yeah, let's, let's, let's enjoy this summer. Let's enjoy this year. It's been a, a challenging few months, challenging few months to say the least. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today and hopefully you can join me in the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.